Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Coach Steve Show podcast, a podcast where we talk everything in sports. We recap college football, college basketball, NFL, maybe NBA, who knows. Get to talk to football coaches, basketball coaches all over the country, and there's a little bit of movies, reviews, TV show reviews, everything like that. Everything you could want is here on the Coach Steve Show podcast. Thank you so much for being here, taking time out of your day to listen. Uh, Before we dive into today's episode, please... Uh, hit the subscribe button on the Coach Steve Show YouTube channel. Uh, it helps out the podcast so much. Um, please give it a subscribe, hit the subscribe button, like button, uh, leave a comment in the comment section down below to be a part of the conversation, to put things in there you want to see, ask questions that maybe I'll get to if you ask them. The podcast can also be found anywhere you listen to your podcast, so Apple, Spotify, Google, iHeartRadio, Pandora. Please follow them. It will alert you when a new episode drops weekly. Uh, and also please leave it a review. I know on Apple, give it a five-star review if you want or some type of review for me. It helps out the algorithm and everything else. If you could take a minute or two out of your day to do that, it would be greatly appreciated. The podcast is also brought to you by the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. Go to bellyupsports.com and check out all the sort of different types of podcasts there are, blogs, uh, there's stuff on fantasy sports, there are movie reviews and all that type of stuff, literally everything. So go to bellyupsports.com, check out all that stuff. 
Betting season's in full swing, and the only place you want to make your bets is at MyBookie. Uh, if you go to MyBookie.ag and you use the code BELLYUPFANTASY, it's going to double your first deposit. That is free money. Who doesn't like free money? Again, go to MyBookie.ag, use the code BELLYUPFANTASY, and it's going to double your first deposit. It lets them know that I sent you and supports the podcast. Go bet on your favorite teams. Uh, you know, college football still in full swing. College basketball is right around the corner. NBA is getting started, so you can bet on anything. So go use that code and get some free money. And this podcast is also brought to you by Coach Stone Football and his Back to the Basics books and drills. His first book is over 500 pages of drills. So anybody out there that's a football coach like me that's getting into their offseason, no matter what, like I'll be getting ready to coach basketball here within a couple days. uh, I'm still going to look at football things and try to, you know, make myself better. He has tons and tons of books that I can't even keep up with. If you go to coachstonefootball.com, check out all of his books and drills. If you get these books, you'll never have to look up another drill again. And it's for youth football all the way up through, you could use them in probably college, but I know for sure youth all the way up through high school. So again, go to coachstonefootball.com and check out all of his books. Um, and this podcast is all to brought to you by Swift Lifestyles. If you're looking for an energy drink that's going to help you get through that midday pick-me-up that you need, um, but you don't want the crash that happens after that about an hour or so, um, or if you're looking for a pre-workout before you go to, on a run or to the gym, but you're afraid to get a, take a pre-workout because you're afraid of the jitters, maybe you're a gamer, the, the Swift Lifestyles sponsored gamer, so you're on Twitch uh, playing games, this is what you need. Uh, this is the perfect place to go get your energy drink. It's like a, it's a tub of like pre-workout. So it's not buying a can of energy drink. This is literally a tub. It comes with 30 servings or different flavors. I actually got the bubblegum flavored one and it tastes exactly like bubblegum. And you get the shaker with the, the smaller shaker. So the right amount of servings, so you don't overdo it. And there's not a lot of caffeine in it. So it's not going to give you the jitters or the crash. It's going to give you just enough to get through the day, get through the workout, anything you need. Um, if you use the link in the description below, www.swift, w uh, Swift Lifestyles. I apologize. www.swiftlifestyles.com and use the code, all one word, Coach Steve Show. You're going to get 15% off. So if you can go do that for me, let them know I sent you. Let's help support the podcast. And the bubblegum flavor is great. I recommend that one if you get it. Again, uh, go to swiftlifestyles.com. Use the code Coach Steve Show. It's all one word. And you're going to get that midday pick-me-up or early morning pickup that you need with no, no crash. So, diving into today's episode. On Tuesday, they came out with the college football ranking, the first one of the year. Now, again, this is not the top 25. The top 25 is completely different. This is the college football rankings. They have a college football committee that gets together, and they look at each team, their strength of schedule, and they, I don't really think they take the top 25 into consideration, but they look at their strength of schedule, who they've played, who they've lost to, who they've beaten, and they come up with who's going to be in the college football, and they'll come out with um, – they come out with their own, like, top 25. But really the top – I would say top eight are really the most important. And some of them match the top 25 and some don't. Um, so when they came out with this on Tuesday, uh, you know, college football playoff takes four. So at number one was Georgia, no surprise there. For number two, it's Alabama. To me, that's still no surprise. Number three was Michigan State. Um, For me, that kind of shocked me, and I'll get to all that. Number four was Oregon. Five, Ohio State. 
number six, Cincinnati, number seven, Michigan, number eight, Oklahoma, nine is Wake Forest, and 10 is Notre Dame. And we'll just stop at 10 for right now, and we'll get to more here later. Compared to the top 25, where number one is Georgia, two is Cincinnati, three is Alabama, four is Oklahoma, five is Michigan State, uh, six is Ohio State, seven is Oregon, eight is Notre Dame, nine is Michigan, 10 is Wake Forest. Now, in the top 25, right, looking at it right now, I have a complaint about Oregon being ranked um, under uh, Ohio State when Oregon beat Ohio State. That makes no sense to me, but this kind of shows you who's in charge of making these top 25s and everything else. I think that some of them are buffoons. Now, the big we're going to go through the big complaints here with the college football playoff. Nobody argues about Georgia being number one. I didn't really see a lot of arguments being number two. The big argument came with Cincinnati. Cincinnati is 8-0. and And this has been going on for generations, it seems like, where this has probably happened before Boise State, but a lot of you might remember um, Boise State years and years ago would be undefeated. Um, the big was when they beat um, Oklahoma in the Fiesta Bowl, you know, the Statue of Liberty play. And they've said, you know, they're undefeated. Well, they, they and back then, you know, some of you youngsters, there was no college football playoff. This was the top 25. And at the very end of the year, after the – there was no Big Ten championship, there was no Big 12 championship game. It was usually just the SEC, I believe. Maybe Pac-12, I don't remember. I remember it just being the SEC. So at the very end of all these conference stuff, they take the top two and they play for the national championship. So back then – if you didn't make it into one or two, you weren't playing in the national championship, and these bowl games meant something. Well, then as the years went on, people start going, well, you lose a game, you're not going to make the top two, so what's the matter? Players start sending out these bowl games a little more, and all of us had fought for playoffs, and so the committee said, hey, why don't we just make a playoff and do four? Because it's all about the money to them. These bowl games make them a lot of money. Don't get it twisted. Um, so you guys looking at this, they, it's just the top four. Now, going back to the Boise State thing, Boise State would always be undefeated. They never got top one or two, never made the national championship game, but they were winning bowl games and everything else. The argument was they don't play anybody. They don't play anybody in that conference. They didn't really play anybody outside of their conference. And I believe, I don't remember what year it was, but there was a year where they had gone undefeated the year before. They were coming in. They were ranked pretty high. They were going to be undefeated. And this was the year like, hey, if they go undefeated, they should should, uh, make it to be top one or two and make it to the – national championship game. Well, they lost to, I think, Nevada that year. Is Nevada or U- uh, Utah State or somebody like that. So never had to worry about it. Well, then come along, then we have the college football playoffs. So now it's like, hey, just because you don't make it top one or two doesn't mean you know, you know, you're not going to make the playoff. Now it's three or four. Well, then it turned into, well, if you lose a game, it does hurt you to make it unless you're in Alabama or basically a team in the SEC. If you're a team in the SEC because either you lost to Alabama – or it was Alabama losing to a good SEC opponent. And so it just flip-flopped or expanded. So now instead of being the top two, now it's top four. So when you lose a game, it hurts your chances kind of to make the playoff, it seemed like. So after the top four, people are like, well, no, we're not the top four. We're going to not play these bowl games and everything else. So this four-team playoff was cool at first. You know, like we're moving in the right direction. Then we just kind of stayed here. Um, but the big knock is when this came along, well, then you had the uh, UCF, you know, when Scott Frost was the head coach and now he can't coach very well at Nebraska, it seems like. You had that team go 
undefeated, and they won a bowl game and go 13-0 and self-proclaim them as the national champion, which I think is incredibly stupid. You are not the national champion. Um, you didn't play anybody that year to the bowl game, so it's whatever. You don't have you don't play these teams you you know week in and week out in the Big Ten or or I guess Pac-12 and, and really the SEC. But that came along. They were undefeated. They did not get in the top four. That was a big talk. Um, and then even talked about last year with Cincinnati. You know how good they were and everything else. Um, so that's the big knock on this four. So right now the big talk is. Why is Cincinnati not in the top four of the uh, college football playoff? Some are saying they should be in there more than Alabama because they're undefeated. Some are saying they should be there more than Oregon because they're undefeated. To some people, I mean, and then Oklahoma. Oklahoma's 9-0, and they're sitting at 8. So if you're going by records, Georgia would be number one, probably Michigan State number two, uh, Oklahoma number three and Cincinnati number four and then coming at number five should probably Wake Forest then because they're undefeated and then if you really really want to look at it um, who is only ranked number 16 in the top 25 and I don't even see them in the top 25 in the college football rankings is UTSA why aren't they up there you know so if you want to go by undefeated that's great and a lot of people think that way and that's fine but you also have to look at who they played you have to look at how they played now how they played is mainly what we do. You know, the fans or the coaches, if we're able to watch film and watch the games, that's kind of what we do. Or you look at the scores and everything else. And then, so you got to look at the games of who they've played. How did they beat them? Did they beat them by much? Not saying they're trying to run the score, but how much did they beat them by? How did they play? Was it a close game? Then you got to look at the teams, all the teams that they beat and say, okay, who is this team losing to? So when you got teams that are inconsistently beating good teams or losing, that doesn't help. So people can make that argument for Michigan State, like who is necessarily Michigan State beaten, who has Oklahoma beaten, because they're 9-0, but they're number 8, who has Michigan beat, they're number 7. So in my opinion, I can totally see why there's the argument for Cincinnati to be in there because they are undefeated. And some people are trying to sit there and say that Alabama shouldn't be in the top four because they've lost to Texas A&M and, and they weren't ranked at the time. But they're ranked now. But I digress. I understand the argument for Cincinnati to be in the top four. But the reality of the situation is, until this gets fixed, and I'm going to talk about how to fix it when we're done talking about this, You've got to look at who they've played. So we're going to go through Cincinnati's schedule. And this is where it's going to get a little tricky, and I'm not sitting here saying I'm right or wrong. These are my opinions and my thoughts on what I've seen. Okay, they wallop Miami of Ohio. Great. It's not a good win. They beat Murray State, who is Division One AA. They beat them. Okay. Now they beat Indiana. So people are saying, well, they beat Indiana. Now look, it was 38-24. to It was closer than that. But they're a power five. Well, no offense to Coach Allen. They are not a consistently power five. Yeah, they had a decent year last year, but they have not done much this year. So that win is not helping them. Now, they did beat Notre Dame 24-13, to and Notre Dame was number nine. Now, Notre Dame is getting better as the year goes on. They were they are not that great, but they are number ten in the in the uh, college football playoff, and I believe they are number eight in the top twenty five. So this is a win that you could put on there and say, okay, this is a good win that's helping them out. Well, then they beat Temple 52-3. to Then they beat UCF 
56-21. Then they play Navy. Navy had chances to win that game. They just couldn't finish. They win 27-20. Tulane, they beat them 31-12, but that was a very close game. So it's the way they're playing down the stretch here with Navy and Tulane, and even UCF was close until they pulled away. So when you look at this, are these necessarily standout wins? The only standout win you're going to go on there and say is Notre Dame. And I completely understand that argument that they beat Notre Dame. Now you got to look, and I think, and then I also think they're kind of looking towards the future as well. Now, that's probably not fair. You got to look at who they played and everything else. But looking at the future for Cincinnati, they've got Tulsa, uh, University of South Florida, SMU, and ECU. The only loss I see coming on here is to SMU because SMU can score points. And if Cincinnati doesn't continue to improve the two games before them, SMU could win that game. You need to mark on that calendar. They could win that game if Cincinnati's defense doesn't start to really pick up and and everything else or if they don't continue to go forward. So the only signature win you can make a case for for Cincinnati is that the Notre Dame thing. Now, where I don't like this at all, is that it's how much different they are in the college football rankings than they are the top 25, where in Cincinnati, they're number two in the nation in top 25. But then they're number six in the college football. So to me, it's almost like, hey, when you're going into week nine, right after week nine, when you come out, delay the top 25 for a day or two, say, okay, here's the top 25, the top four is the college football playoff. This is the th- I don't like how there's two of them. That I don't like that. Um, I think it needs to be one thing. Now, now, if it was, hey, Cincinnati's number two in the nation in the top 25 and Cincinnati's number five or something in the college football or number four, yeah, that would make more sense. But to be number two and the number six, yeah, I don't like that. I mean, it is kind of disrespecting them. But I totally understand why being undefeated, they people are making the, the thing to be in the top four. But here's the thing. I don't think they need to be in the top four at all because of that schedule. The Notre Dame one sticks out, and yeah, it's a good argument, but – realistically, you're not playing anybody. And that sucks. Now, if you're in the Big 12 and you beat Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Baylor, and all them, all those boys, yeah, you probably be in the – and you're right, no right now, and you're beating them by three scores. Yeah. Now, another one people are talking about is Oregon. Um, let's look at Oregon. They beat Fresno State 31-24. was a very close game. But they beat Ohio State 35-28, and then – they go on to beat bad teams, and then they lose to Stanford. If they didn't lose Stanford, this would be clear-cut, but they have some close games here. Cali 24-17, UCLA 34-31, then they wallop Colorado. So a lot of people don't think Oregon should be there. They think Ohio State should be there, which I don't. They need to be in the top four. I don't know about that. So if you look at Ohio State, Minnesota, close game. They lose to Oregon. Tulsa. They won 41-20, but it was a close game. They will up. Then they start to become Ohio State. They beat Akron, Rutgers, Maryland, Indiana, but then that Penn State game was close. Ohio State hasn't played anybody either. Their, their schedule a little bit tougher than Cincinnati because you're in the Power Five, but you've got to look at like the Penn State when they're ranked. It was a close game. Beginning of the game, Minnesota was, was close. Oregon, you lose two. So Oregon, that's probably why they're in. But even Ohio State, like they don't have an impressive schedule. Then it's Nebraska, Purdue, and then Michigan State, Michigan. Now, if if we look at Oregon's schedule, this is where it gets interesting. Oregon plays Washington, Washington State, Utah, Oregon State. 
Ohio State plays Nebraska-Purdue, Michigan State-Michigan. I think Ohio State's got the tougher schedule. If Ohio State goes on to beat Michigan State and Michigan, and it's convincing, I'm not talking about a field goal, not talking about overtime. They've got to beat them by 10 points to 20 points. And they do that, maybe they sneak their way in there, but it also depends on the Big Ten Championship. I don't like Ohio State. I cannot stand Ohio State, but there's their path to get in there. Now, the one for me was Michigan State. Michigan State beats Northwestern, Youngstown State, Miami, who's not very good, Nebraska in a close game, Western Kentucky, Rutgers, Indiana in a very close game. Then they just beat Michigan. I think it was that Michigan win that really put them in the college football playoff. If I'm looking at this top four, the one for me that I don't know about is Michigan State. Um, that's the one where I kind of scratch my head. That one in Oregon. Now, Oregon, to me, may be a little bit more than Michigan State, but it was that win over number seven Michigan. That's why Michigan is number seven in the college football playoff. But then you look at Oklahoma. Let's see who they beat. They beat Tulane in a close game. WCU walloped them. Nebraska was a close game. West Virginia was a close game. Kansas State was a close game. Texas was a close game. So I think it was that stretch right there where these games are closer. Like, eh, I don't know. Don't know about this. Excuse me. Then they beat TCU pretty good. The Kansas game was a close game. Then they walloped Texas Tech. So this is kind of why they're kind of down there too. But I guess if you were going to put somebody there, maybe them. But Michigan State one kind of made my head scratch a little bit um, when you're looking at this. But again, again, you're looking at it. And maybe this is why people are saying Cincinnati. Like, why is Michigan State there and you got Cincinnati undefeated? So I could see that you could make the case. But Michigan is actually a good football team. And I, if you listen to my previous podcast about Jim Harbaugh, I think they're a good team. Their offense is pretty good. Their defense just didn't step up. Michigan State's a tough team. The way they play is a tough team. They have this confidence we've talked about already. So that one kind of scratched my head. But when I'm looking at this in the top four, I think they got it right as far as they could get. And I know people are going to say, well, Cincinnati this, Cincinnati that. If Cincinnati was number four, I would not be upset about it. If your top four was Georgia, Alabama, Michigan State, Cincinnati, or Georgia, Alabama, Oregon, Cincinnati, I'd be fine with it. That I wouldn't have no problem with that at all. Um, I Again, I don't think Oklahoma needs to go because we know what happens when they get into the playoff. But I think they got it right for as right as they could. Um so it's just something that's going to have to be dealt with right now. Now, there is a small window for Cincinnati to squeeze their way in. Now, you listen to other people talk about how good Cincinnati is. I think that they're probably one of the best non-Power 5 teams we've ever seen. But I think if you put them against Georgia, they lose by more than you – Then I'm not saying Alabama would lose to Georgia, but if Alabama was going to lose to Georgia – it was. It's not. It's going to be by way less than if they played Cincinnati. If you put Cincinnati up against Alabama, Alabama, I think wins. I think it'd be a good game as Michigan State, but Michigan State would probably win. I even think Michigan would beat Cincinnati. So I think that's what they're looking at. But they have to respect them that they're undefeated. That's why they're number six. But as far as getting as close right as you can, I think the committee. This is the best for that they could put out there. I don't really disagree with it. It's the best they could do. I understand it. So. Now, the small window for Cincinnati to make the top four, to make everybody happy. See, it was a loser situation. If you put Cincinnati in the top four, then you say, well, wait a minute, look at who Oregon's played compared to them. Their only wins against Notre Dame. We beat Ohio State and, and other people. 
Michigan State's going to say, hey, wait a minute, like we played so-and-so. If you put them in over Alabama, they're going to say, hey, look at who we have to play week in and week out and all that stuff. So it was a lose-lose if they did if they did that. That's what was going to happen. Doing this, this is what's going to happen. So I think they knew, like, hey, no matter what we do, we're not going to make people happy. So we're going to go by the the whatever rules or standards, I guess, they have and say, look at their schedule, blah, 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 and all this and that. It's fine. The small window for Cincinnati to make the top four is some people have to slip up. So we look at Michigan State's schedule. Michigan State, if they lose to Ohio State, Probably going to knock them off. They could squeeze up Ohio State, though. Not for you, Cincinnati. So I think for Cincinnati, you got to have Michigan State lose. You have to have Oregon lose. And the only games I could see Oregon losing, I mean, Washington is always sneaky. Washington, State's, Washington State is sneaky. Ohio or Utah, excuse me, is sneaky. And guess what? Oregon State beat them last year, and Oregon State's not bad. So if Oregon loses and Michigan State loses... That would put them up. Up there, I think. Even though I know Ohio State's number five, and Ohio State would probably get pushed up if Ohio State wins out. If Michigan State wins out, they're in there. Now, what if Michigan goes? Michigan's in there at number seven, and they're not a bad football team. If Michigan beats Indiana convincingly, Penn State, Maryland, if they go in to beat Ohio State, they could actually sneak their way in to the playoffs if other teams lose. If Ohio State beats Michigan State and then Michigan beats Ohio State, Ohio State would have two losses, they're out. Now, and then you get to the Big Ten Championship. If they won the Big Ten Championship, it'd be hard-pressed to not put them in there. So Michigan still has a chance, guys. So you guys that are going after Jim Harbaugh, there is a small window for that. But Cincinnati's got a lot of have different dominoes fall. The biggest one people are going to look at is Alabama. People are talking about they put Alabama number two because they want to see this Georgia-Alabama SEC matchup. So they got to put the I think they're just the two best teams. People are saying Georgia's going to beat Alabama. And Alabama, if they wouldn't have lost to Texas A&M and they lose to Georgia in the SEC championship game, they would make the playoffs. So Alabama losing to Texas A&M really might bite them in the ass later on when they play Georgia in the SEC championship game unless one of them slips up. But if Alabama loses, it's just probably going to put Ohio State in if they go out. But if Alabama loses, Ohio State loses to Michigan, and Oregon loses, like all these types of dominoes, you see what I'm saying? All this stuff, and it has to happen. It one Not just one thing can happen, and really not just two things can happen. It's going to have to be about four or five dominoes, if not more, are going to have to fall for Cincinnati to get up there. And Cincinnati, the only, and it's, it, it, you hurt for those players because they're undefeated. They're doing what's asked of them. But you control what you can control. So right now, you are controlling that you're 8-0. Okay? So from here on out, you're going to have to beat teams convincingly. Not running the score up, but like, hey. And it's not you can't go in there and say we got to score 50. But in the back of a coach's mind, like, man, we got to come out there. We got to dominate in defense. We can't hold them to zero points. We got to hold them to like 14 points. So you have to come out and dominate. You have to win convincingly and show that there was no chance for this other team to hang around and play. You do that and control what you can control. That's what you do. Then you got to try to have all the rest of these dominoes fall for you and these other things to happen. But you need a lot of things to happen in order for them to get to the top four. So I think as far as right that they could get, I am okay with this top four. Now, where I have a big problem is I'm sick and tired of this four-team playoff, as I think the rest of America is, and I think these teams are tired of it. What I don't understand 
is high schools all all over the United States have figured out a way to do a playoff. Now, some some only do like seven regular season games. I know, here in Illinois, we do nine regular season games. If you go five and four, you have a chance to make the playoffs, but you need playoff points. It depends on who you lose to and who you beat. And then what did what did you, they do? If you're six and three, you make the playoffs. Seven and two, eight and one, nine and zero. Oh. Then we have four rounds of the playoffs, and then a championship game. Okay, so we figured it out. We get a lot of teams into the playoffs that way. Division twos have figured it out. Division one double A's they play about nine or ten games and go to the playoffs. They figured it out. Division three has figured it out. Why can't you figure it out at the Division One level? Well, we, we know it's about money. The bowl games brought the money. Well, then they saw, well, if we just do a four-team, we play the bowl games and get that money. The first round of the playoffs gets us a lot of money. The, the championship game gets us a lot of money. We can see these possible teams. Well, then what happened was you have Alabama always playing in it, Clemson always playing in it. Seems like Notre Dame gets in. Oklahoma, I know Michigan State made it once. Like, And that's fine. You've got to beat those teams. Could could we expand the playoffs? They could do it tomorrow. Now, I'm not saying you got to play the 12, 13 games, then play a six-round playoff. That's going to be too many football games. We're getting to the NFL style. I think if you scale back the regular season to 10 games, 10 to 11 games, something like that, okay, then take the top. I know a lot of them out there say the top 12. So let's just say you keep your normal 12. Maybe you get rid of the SEC or the, the championship games, play your 12 games, take the top 12. So right now, Georgia, if you took the college football playoff ranking top 12, um, Georgia would play, if you go one, play 1-12 one and 12 and all that, Georgia plays Baylor, Alabama plays Oklahoma State, Michigan State plays Notre Dame, Oregon would play Wake Forest, Ohio State would play Oklahoma, Cincinnati, Michigan. Those are great games that we would all love to see. So I think they need to expand it. Now, some say eight. I don't think I think it needs to be more. I think it needs to be more. If you put 12 teams, then right there you could put your undefeated teams and say, look, they've made the playoffs so far. And it gives more teams hope to make the playoffs. One thing that I think needs that they should do is maybe this top 25 has always tried to mean something, but when you're not the top four or the top eight, it almost means nothing. Yeah, it's cool to, for the teams and the program to say, we're top this, we're top, we were this number, this number, this number. I think you need to scale the games back to probably 10. And then I think you say, okay, top 25 make the playoffs. It gives teams some hope because some might squeak in there at 25 or 20, 24. Go into the playoffs. The number one seed gets a bye. So now you have the rest of the 24. And then they travel to those sites. So right now, if you took, I'm just going to look at the top 25, not the college football ranking, the top 25. So number one, see, Georgia would get a bye. So now you got Fresno State traveling to Cincinnati. You know what I mean? Like that type of thing. Like I said this last year, could you imagine if Coastal Carolina hosted a playoff game? That would boost so much money for that program. It would put them on, I know they're already on TV more than they have been, but it put them on really national televised TV so people can see that helps them recruiting. But it could also help the team traveling there recruiting. Because if you go to this place and you play them tough, like, well, look, we can play with the tough teams. Like, I think it'd be really cool for TV. I think it'd be really cool for the players to play teams they never played before, go to places they've never traveled to before. That's what Division I AA does. You know, they play their nine games, nine or ten games, I think. And then they have a couple rounds of the playoffs. They travel to those sites. They travel to that school. And then when you get to the Final Four, 
And then that's when the big bowl games happen. So you have your top 25. You Then you have like, okay, now we have the Sugar Bowl. We have this bowl or whatever. Your top, your four, those two teams play. And then you've got into the Rose Bowl for the national championship. Okay. So top 25 make like the, the quote-unquote playoffs. Then I think you take the next 25 or 24 teams and do like college basketball and have an NIT. Now you have an NIT tournament. So you have... The, the the FBS top 25, and then you have the FBS NIT type thing. So now those teams have something to play for. They get a trophy. They travel to each other's sites. So now that helps those teams in recruiting as well. So now you really have like a top 50. I think you do it that way. But when you but when you worry about like the main one, I guess, I think if you have these playoffs, then you have players not opting out. Uh you, you, you might, and now you earn more games. So you play your 10 games. Now it's like, hey, now you can earn to play up to 13, 14 games, which is like what Alabama and them do when they win all the time. This is very feasible, and you get money. You're still going the games are going to be on TV. There's money for that. You could still have sponsors call the school and say, hey, we want to sponsor this game. There's money there too. Um, so, and then maybe the, or after, after that, maybe you don't have an NIT playoff. Maybe you still have your bowl games so you can make money. Um, but I think these people that were doing the bowl games, quote unquote, they could sponsor it. So they could say, hey, they could call Auburn and, uh, you know, the Red Box. I don't know. That's the last one Illinois went to. Hey, call Auburn. Hey, we want to sponsor this. We want to put our logo out there, blah, 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 blah. Here's some money for the NCAA. Here's some money for your school or however it works. I don't know. I think those are things you could do to fix this because this top four was cool at first. And now we're getting to a point where you have teams doing all they can. And this isn't happening. I'm not saying Cincinnati needs to be in the top four, but I do feel for them that they're undefeated. Those players are doing everything they can. The coaches are doing everything they can, and this is what's happening. It's They've got to fix it, and they act like, well, we can't fix it. If we put it in, it's going to take five years. You could meet tonight and then tomorrow say, okay, next year we're going to go to the top 12. I think they got to go 12. Eight I don't think would be enough. If you do 12, that's fine too. I think that would work too. But I kind of, in my world, the top 25's got to mean something more. I mean, it, it does mean something, but it doesn't mean as much as it did back when we were all kids playing NCAA football on Xbox 360 or PlayStation, and it was cool to be ranked. That was one of the things. You know, it was always cool. The bowl games were cool. I like the bowl games, don't get me wrong, but these players aren't, and the coaches do. Don't they? they like, I love Mike Leach because that's one of the things he talks about is how the bowl games work. Um, he always puts that on there like, oh, yeah, we went to so many bowl games. Um, you know, we did this, 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 and this. So those those, those are ways I think that they can fix it, and I think they need to hurry up and fix it because we are all getting a little tired of the way it's going. But all in all, I think they did as well as they could with the top four uh that they could. I feel bad for Cincinnati, but your schedule just doesn't match up. The Notre Dame win was impressive, but it's not enough to get up there right now, and a lot of dominoes have to fall. And if anybody could get my ideas to the college football committee, I only want 40% of the profit. If you take some of my ideas, I'm going to patent it so you cannot take my ideas. But those are just my thoughts on how you can fix it. Um, So, yeah, that's – 
you know, that's that's the episode. I want to talk about the college football top four. I think the guys rise anybody could and my thoughts on how to fix it. Um, so we're going to wrap up this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. Again, like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Follow it um, wherever you listen to your podcast. Literally, it's found anywhere. Uh, follow it. Check out all the other affiliates in the description below. Um, do all that for me. I greatly appreciate it. Um, and that's been another episode of the Coach Steve Show podcast. And we are gone. redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet.